Seven, Oakland Championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. Davis, step back three. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Full 94 Podcast presented by Tavour. Want free craft beer delivered straight to your front door? It's easy. Go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app from your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $25 off your first purchase. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. Here with my co-host, as always, back for another week, Sean Green. What's going on tonight, Sean? What's going on, Jordan? What's going on, Power World? Another day in the playoffs, and I'm loving it. Hell yeah, man. It's been some interesting playoffs so far. A lot of, uh, I think the series have kind of gone how both of us predicted, other than one of them. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> and we're going to get to that later. So let's let's jump into the first series, the Bucks versus the Heat. Uh, the Bucks currently lead the series three to zero. They're coming off two dominating victories um, in the last two games. I mean, what's your thoughts on this series so far? Does Miami even have a chance? I mean, I guess there's always a chance, but at this point, man, it's pretty much slim to none. Um, the Bucks just wanted, uh, they flat out wanted more, man. It's, it's, it's looking personal, you know, uh, the Bucks, like we touched on it last week, the Bucks just have a better personnel this season. That's just, you know, tuned, more tuned uh, for the playoffs, man. They're more physical. They're better defensively. Uh, they've got better uh, from three, you know what I mean? But, man, they're, they're, the, the Heat are shooting the worst field goal percentage this season. So Milwaukee's defense is just locked in right now, you know what I mean? Uh, Milwaukee's urgency is there, you know. They 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 <laughs> – they're like shark in the water, man. They smell blood. They're, they're, they're just dominating the glass. They're dominating pretty much all, all facets of the game and every pretty much every major statistical category, you know, of this series. Um, Everything. They're, yeah, they're doing a superb job on Jimmy Butler. Uh, coming in tonight's game, he was shooting in, in the 20% percentile from two and three. You yeah. Know? So, uh they're doing the job there and uh Miami isn't pretty much getting anything from all the others you know like Nunn and Harold Ariza Bam has regressed you know from last postseason uh you know and the Heat are giving up the third most points per game this season too so you know the Bucks are putting it on them offensively as well um just out hustling them man they're 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 pretty much kind of playing Miami style they're beating Miami at their own game you know uh, yeah, and and also n- n- not only to combat that the Heat are giving up the third most points per game this postseason, they're also uh, one of the worst scoring teams this postseason. So that 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 combination and re- recipe is a is a disaster, and it's and it's showing. Yo, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I was honestly shocked the first game because Milwaukee played so bad, and they still were able to win the game. And from that point forward, you know, I even mentioned it to you. I'll, you know, you kind of mentioned it to me too. You said there's going to be a five-game series maybe. And I was like, I was in the same boat because they literally played probably the worst game they played in a long time, the Bucks, Five for 31 from three-point. I mean, just dreadful, dude. And Goran Dragic and Duncan Robinson went off. And that was a game the Heat had to steal. And when the Bucks won that game, 
I was kind of like, man, this this might be a quick series because there's no way the Bucks are going to play that bad offensively again in the whole series, and they haven't, yeah. right? And then, you know, they shot poorly that game, and then the game after, Middleton goes off, Bryn Forbes goes off for 24 points, Drew Holiday, 15 assists. I mean, it was just a total dynamic offensive performance, but I think it's all starting on the defensive end, like you said, and they, they're so clicked in that they're turning defense into good offense because right. the best way to score on a defense, you know this, is against a not-set defense, right? And the Bucks, I mean, uh, the Heat have one of the best-set defenses against Giannis. So if you're able to get Giannis out in transition, he's basically – impossible to stop and I feel like they're kind of doing that a little bit and then when they do get into the half court sets you got Middleton you got Drew Holiday and even Giannis they're running in from a lot of different positions they're he's not just handling the ball at the top of the key they're getting him the ball in the, on the left block where he's able he kind of has a little mid-range now with that little fader it fade away or he kind of just turns on Bam and drives him inside they double triple team him he finds the open shooter buckets right so he's making the right plays. The Bucs are just – they're locked in right now, dude. And I think this bodes well for a great second-round series with the Nets. I totally agree, man. And I hate to get ahead of ourselves, but, man, uh, I really, really want to see that series as well. I think, in my opinion, as, as of things stand today, the winner of that series is going to win it all this year, in my opinion. I actually agree with you because – Watching the Lakers, I mean, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but I just don't think LeBron's healthy, dude. Like, he doesn't look like himself. He's not attacking. He's not playing downhill. And obviously, the Clippers, <laughs> another series we're going to have to touch on. But I agree, dude. I think the two favorites are the Brooklyn Nets, Miami Bucks. Winner of that series wins the NBA title. Agreed. So let's talk about that Brooklyn Nets first Boston Celtics series a little bit. I mean, it's been just as dreadful as the Miami-Milwaukee series. I mean, we kind of figured this was going to happen going into this. Maybe we thought the Celtics could steal one if Tatum kind of went off and had a, you know, historical performance, and he hasn't been able to do it. I mean, dude, will the Celtics even win a game in this series? I don't think so, man. I think it's time to get out the brooms, man, clean up on aisle green, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Yeah, man, the, the Celtics, man, they just can't muster enough of anything, man, offensively or defensively. Uh, Celtics are just – and they're injured, you know what I mean? Uh, just not enough talent, man. They're too – and 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 even when they've had everything this year, which, which wasn't a lot of the time, but when they did, you know, they were inconsistent. So I, I, I didn't expect an inconsistent team to get better in the playoffs against arguably the best team. So um, – yeah, man, they're not going to be able to compete with Brooklyn. I don't see them winning the game unless – yeah, I, I really don't see it, man, to be honest. I don't even want to try to make up something. <laughs> uh, this is I mean, like you, literally you, like a scrimmage or, or a practice or a sparring match, you know, for the Nets. You know, it's just, you know, a warm-up, a tune-up, which is actually great for the building of the chemistry because, you know, those guys uh, for the Nets only played nine, ten games, and I think that's including the postseason. So – I, it's actually probably the best series they actually could have drawn, you know, for them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, because the Nets are in, actually are not even playing that well as they could either, even against uh, a far superior team. 
but and they're still handling business comfortably though and that's that's the scary part you know they're still holding boston to under 40 percent shooting for the series you know and the nets have played them five times including the regular season uh uh so far and they're and they're shooting uh and they shot only 40 percent two of those five games <laughs> so you know it's pretty much a, a lopsided affair uh you know the next the next big three is just too much, man. Plus, Joe Harris is starting to come alive even more. Like that, it's just he was their scary, leading man. scorer last game. Right, right. So, I I mean I think the one thing I'm gonna say about this series is if Marcus Smart is your leading scorer, and I love Marcus Smart, great player, right, right, right. Uh, Hooper, Hooper. But if he's your leading scorer, you're probably getting swept in the first round, and that's kind of what this has been, dude. I mean Tatum shooting 20% other than that first half that Boston played in game one. I mean, this has just been runaway train for the, for the Nets. And that was really when KD, I mean, you take away that first half KD shooting almost 70% from the floor. So, I mean, this has just been one half of Celtics basketball and then just the rest has been Brooklyn by a landslide. And that's the thing with playoff basketball is you can't just play a good half, man. You have to put together four complete games to get a series win, and that's why the best team always wins, and Brooklyn is definitely the best team of this series. Yep. Not even close. Not even. <laughs> All right, this let's go to another series where one of the teams is the best team, and it's not close, and that's the Sixers versus the Wizards. Right, right. now, the Sixers are up two games and nothing, and really the biggest headline from this series has been what happened to Russell Westbrook when he was leaving the floor last game got the popcorn dumped on his head which is like fucking just dog shit and it's it's really kind of taken away from how good the Sixers have been in this series but I mean what's your feelings on this series yeah that was a trash move what you just explained about the fan that was definitely trashy but um yeah man it's pretty much not a series uh the Wiz the Wiz had I mean they had a you know they, they played a, a wonderful game one but I, I, I kind of seen this coming game too, man, and and I, I don't see see it changing, man. The, especially now that Westbrook is kind of a little bit banged up, I know he'll still give it his all, but I, 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 even before the injury, I still think they had little to no chance, just because the the margin for error was so so small, you know. Yeah. Especially against a, a superior bunch in the Sixers that are you know a pretty cohesive group this year on both sides of the ball, you know. Yep. And uh, the Wizards are not a, a, a threat from three in a three ball era is like a double down on how, you know, bad they are when you consider how <laughs> bad they are on defense as well, you know. Oh, my God, it's bad. <laughs> so, yeah, man, the 76ers just have too much for to handle, man. Um, I want to touch on this, though, just to give out a little uh, context, our, our shout outs for, for the 76ers, like you said, since it's kind of been the headlines have been the popcorn situation, but Ben Simmons is just the third player in the NBA history with um, at least 23 points, 23 rebounds, and 23 assists through two uh, playoff games, man. The only other uh, players to do that were Magic and LeBron. So he's pretty, pretty uh, good doing... company. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good company, right? Um, this guy, man, a lot of people don't know him. He's not a household name, you know what I mean? Uh, but Thibault, man, the, he played only 20 minutes in game two. But, you know, he had five blocks, four steals. And I, I I read that he was the only player in history to do that in such a little amount of time. So 
talk about a bang for your buck with that and his productive performance, man. I think, like I touched on a few podcasts ago, I think he needs to get a little bit more playing time. But that's that's been a value of this team, man. Um, players are get doing... a consistent jumper, though, dude. Oh yeah, true, true, definitely. I, I, I'm that's not, what keeps no, him off the floor. No debating that. Plus, Doc Rivers is not too keen with younger players too much. Yep. You know what I mean? But uh, but yeah, man, they've been kind of maximizing. You know, everybody. You know, Howard's been even highly productive in smaller dose minutes as well. His, his last game, he had 11 rebounds in 16 minutes of play. So. They're pretty much getting all the small stuff out of everybody and getting what they need out of their best players. And, you know, Tobias Harris, man, one of the underrated players in the league, he's their third best player, but he's the team's leading scorer, and and, and he's doing it in an efficient fashion, you know. So that's very impressive. And in Embiid, you know, he's Embiid. He's 26 points per game, you know what I mean, in only 28 minutes. So he's having his way there. And man, yeah, the, the 76ers are pretty much doing what they what they want to do. They were they're blocking shots left and right at a historical clip as well in this series. Yeah, man, they're, they're, I, I, maybe Russell or Bill can go crazy for one game, but I, I think this is a sweep. I mean, I think their chance was game one. They got beat into foul trouble pretty early. You know, you only got to play 30 minutes in that game and it was a close game. But, you know, Russell Wilson had two big turnovers at the end of the game when it was a two possession game and it really sealed the game for the Sixers in the final, you know, 98 seconds or so. And that was really the difference of that ball game. And I thought they could have stolen that game. The fact that they didn't, I think that's demoralizing for a team, you know, as a team, you already are, you know, not as good as this team and they're human. So, you know, they think that they're not going in there. Of course they, you know, they say to themselves, they think they're the better team, but I mean, you know, the Sixers are a much better basketball team. They've beaten them every time they've played this season, right? Right. That is mentally taxing at times as athletes. So I just think the Sixers are just a much better team, man. And it sucks that the Wizards train's going to end here, but you said it. They're just not a well-balanced team. And then Rui Hachimura, obviously very young. You know, it's his first playoff. Daniel Gafford's actually played pretty well. Very first well. Game, he had some solid, solid 20 minutes. Um, but I mean, Embiid's a monster, dude. <laughs> no way, no other way to put it. But I, I like that you mentioned Gaffer, man. You know, he has he's played well ever since he's been traded from Chicago. So I definitely yeah. like what they have there with him. But uh, yeah, man, the the, the seventy six are just far too superior, man, and been playing, having a good year all year, man. And it's it's not going to stop now versus a, a team that's far far less in talent. You know what I mean on both sides of the ball. So. I mean, they have to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They have, like, a easy walk to the right. Eastern Conference Finals. I agree. It's really, it's really how they play against, you know, Brooklyn or Milwaukee, who I think both are better teams than Philly. Um, and that's really because, you know, Ben Simmons and Embiid, I don't know if they those two can play together. Against a team like Washington, it's going to be easy because they, Washington doesn't have a soul to guard Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Right. Whereas on vice versa with Brooklyn, I mean, they just have a ton of firepower. So it's not about stopping anybody. It's really, are you going to be able to score as much as them? Right. And then with the Bucks, I think the Bucks are so versatile defensively. And we've seen it with Miami, how locked in they are. And I feel like Miami is a kind of similar team to Philly where their two best players, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, they're not, you know, three point 
specialist, right? And right. I'm not saying Bam is on Joel Embiid's le- level, don't get me wrong. But Bam was an all-star last year, was great in the playoffs for Miami, had a nice year this year. So, I mean, he is a top, I don't know, 30 player in the league. You would agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like – so, I think the – Well, that's the Bucks, that's when he's that's when he's playing up to his – his potential he is has he mustered up yeah he was an all-star last year but he's regressed so until we find out he's more consistent that's when we have to you know rank him a little bit better because you know as we touched on this on many platforms you know that bubble you know kind of made people a different player now that outside of this bubble we're starting to see a little bit more reality (laughs) especially in the playoffs with because there's way more fans in the playoffs than we've had all year so you're really starting to see it with some guys jay crowder another guy in the on the lakers series who had a great bubble run he hasn't been able to knock down a three if his life depended on it in this series right here so i mean it's just different basketball dude and and defense is ratcheted up like we said was going to happen too i mean way way lower scoring in the playoffs and in the regular season so far three-point shooting is way down too compared to the regular season so i mean you're seeing it and which brings us to another series where i think we're seeing a little bit of uh come down to earth and that's with the knicks and hawks i know the series is one to one but i think that the home court madison square garden kind of kept the knicks um it kind of like helped them win that game with all the momentum last night but i think the hawks have been a much nicer Mm -hmm. team all around Right, right. I think they should be up 2-0, but, uh, yeah. you know, uh, hey, you know, it happens, though. That you, I guess you can make a case, to, you know, the Knicks should have won game one late. Yeah. So, so I guess it just all depends on how you look at it. But um, the Hawks are, are doing a hell of a job on Julius Randle, though. You know, his averages are 24-10-6, you know, for the season. And he's only at 15, 12, and four, you know, and averaging four turnovers a game. too. And having four turnovers a game, you know, and four for 13 from three. So the Hawks, you know, that's a win there. They're they're definitely crowding him up and uh, making it a little tough for him. Um, The Knicks shot 39% from three during the regular season, which was third place, but only shooting 35% in the first two two playoff games wins for the Hawks. But – I don't know, man. Uh, New York's bigs, you know, they're dealing with a little bit of a little uh, injury with Noel, but I think <laughs> him defensively, as good as he's been defensively this year, you know, they might be better off without him or playing him less minutes, at least with Peyton and um, Randall on the floor especially without yeah. Randall and his jumpers because they come a lot easier to guard. They become a lot more vanilla, you know, keep running that offense through D Rose, man, because they play way more faster and dynamic with him and quickly on the floor, you know, especially if they can get, you know, uh, RJ Barrett to start clicking something from the outside and yeah. get Julius Randall to his sweet spots, you know, particularly in the middle of the quarter around the elbow, you know, free throw line, you know, and then work his way out and opposed to outside in because he's not doing himself any justice playing iso ball from up top when he's not, you know, a perimeter player, especially right now, not hitting his shots, you know. But uh, Atlanta's case, you know, they can't fall in love with the three, you know. 
they're not sharing the ball enough. They're kind of just playing, you know, shoot the three, you know, or one-on-one type basketball, you know, but um, yeah, they, 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 but overall they have to shoot the ball better. Hawks are shooting 42% from two and 30% from three. So <laughs> that's not going to get it done. They got to up their game there. Um, yeah. They got to muster up a third consistent score too, man, because uh, it's only bogey and Trey, you know, John Collins has to step up his game. I don't know if he's hurt or what's going on. Uh, you know, well, he was in foul trouble from yeah from first the game. Beginning. Yeah, yeah, he was in foul trouble that too. But both games he was in yeah, foul that's trouble. True, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because he only had 14 minutes in game two. You know, that's a yeah, season yeah. low. Um, and he definitely was in foul trouble. Um, he he averaged 17 and seven this season, but only averaging six and four. You know, during the first two playoff games, so he definitely has to step up his role. Um, one good thing for the Hawks from a defense standpoint, they're getting a lot of block shots. You know what I mean? Um, I think they have the most. Uh, I think yeah, exactly. They're tied for the most uh, playoff in the playoffs so far. You know, so but they, they but they're also the worst assisting team so far in the playoffs. So they're not playing good enough. They're playing a little, you know, lackadaisical and selfish basketball on the offensive end they're also tied for the lowest points per game so they're they're also being kind of you know telegraphic in their offense you know at times so but uh good thing they're going home because they're 25 and 11 at home this season and the knicks you know were 16 and 20 on the road this season which was actually the worst road record of all playoff teams that didn't you know have to play in the play-in tournament so damn that's good that's good uh information right there yeah, so if, if if Atlanta comes out hot, man, it could get real ugly in both games, you know, they because like I said, the Atlanta Hawks are really not shooting that good, and, and that's kind of their strength, you know, uh, offensive gifted team, talented team, and they're not really uh, displaying that percentage-wise on the road in a hostile environment, and they should be up 2-0 going home. So I think they, uh, you know, both teams – it's, this is like a from a selfish fan uh, fan point of view. I, I want to see this go seven man and and keep going close to the wire each game, man. Because these teams are pretty much evenly matched. But the Knicks, man, they're gonna have to somehow, some way, keep mustering up some some play, man. Because because uh, from the outside, because I don't know. Uh, I I I want to. I love to see Derrick Rose keep killing, man. But he's gonna need some help, man. Yep. And I think that's the biggest thing with this series. And that's why I would, that's why I was saying, I think Atlanta has been the better team and they probably have the most momentum going forward is because, you know, the Knicks two best scorers have been Derek Rose and Alec Burks and Julius Randle hasn't been good, but on the flip side, you know, Trey's been good. He and Bogey's been good. It's just, they do need that third guy to step up. And what, what do we always say about role players at home? You always get good play from role players at home I think they're going to win both games in Atlanta and take a commanding 3-1 lead. Um, I think this series might be – I think it might go six because the Knicks might get one at uh, game five at home and then it goes back to Atlanta. But I definitely right. think Atlanta is the better team. I don't think – the Knicks just don't have enough offense at all. Yeah, I think – when we, we called that from the beginning of the series, man, and I think that's – I think that's what's going to be – end up being their Achilles heel. Yep, and I don't expect John Collins to be in foul trouble uh, yeah, again, you know game. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
So that's got to change. All right, so let's move on to the next series. The Clippers versus the Mavericks. Right now, the Dallas Mavericks have a two-game-to-nothing lead. Both wins in Los Angeles, man. This has to be the biggest series to talk about. Like, what's, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, before the series, I thought it was a tough draw. I, I said that. I did think the Clippers were going to win, but I did think it was a tough draw. I think some people thought this was going to be real easy, and I, I didn't think so. Um, I'm going to say this, man. The Clippers better start res- putting some respect on Luka's name, man. They really better start respecting that, man. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious, man, because I really do think some some players in this league look at Luka like, man, he's not a – look at this. I'm going to just keep it real. Look at this white, white Look at this white boy, man. He, he ain't no great athlete, man. I'm about to lock him up. You know, what yeah. I mean, he, he ain't he ain't all what the media hype him up to be. Okay, you better start respecting that man, because yeah. man, because when he even against anybody though, they put Kawhi on him, he's scoring buckets. They all put right. Paul George on him, he's scoring buckets. They put Pat Beverly on him, he's yeah. scoring buckets. It's really – I don't even know if there's a way to stop him, dude, at this point. Like, you respect him. They have to respect him at this point. I mean, he's right. he's killed them all year. Well, you have to – you have to – he's going to get his, right? But you have it's, – it's about how he gets his. Is, is, are you making him work for it? Is he, is he shooting good percentages or is he shooting bad percentages to get his averages? What, what, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Right. Um, but they have to – Ty Lue and, and has to do a better job with his matchups defensively because Pat Beverly cannot be the they were literally seeking Picking out on him. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this is a, a a fear defender in the league. All pro defender. <laughs> and I, I was reading a a, a a column today, I forget from which writer exactly, but they said, you know. Pat Beverly is a pit bull, but against Luca, he's a pug. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it's been, man. And 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 Ty Lue is not helping the situation. He he's leaving him in there when it should be someone like Morris or Batum. Uh, it, the switches shouldn't be onto a smaller player. It should still be length against Luca at, at all times. You know what I mean? That's in my opinion. You know. Yeah. But it's 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 it, it's not going to be simple. But the logic is simple. The Clippers just have to get stops, man. I mean, Dallas is shooting for fifty four percent from two, fifty percent from three. Six players from Dallas is shooting forty percent or better from three, and three of those six are shooting fifty five. One of them is shooting fifty five percent. The other is shooting sixty four percent, and the other is shooting seventy five percent from three. So they they got it. They got to knock that off. You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, Batum should be playing more minutes to help defensively with his length, you know what I mean, opposed to Pat Bev or Reggie Jackson. Even I would even consider putting Terrence Mann in there. He's a little bit more physical and taller. I heard Uh, he might be starting this next game. Well, they should consider starting uh, Rondo. Rondo. Yeah, because, you know, he's a leader, and this is what this team is lacking, and you don't you know, you don't want to have any type of, you know, p- 
panic come in seeping early with a team like this and you need him to be on the ball early with this team especially with the Mavs because I'll throw this at you the Mavs are 29 and 0 when leading after the first quarter and that's including the playoffs and they're 15 and 30 when trailing after the first so the Clippers got to get off early because according to those stats you know if they if the Dallas wins the first quarter they're gonna win the game so yeah that's crazy yeah so they got to start Rondo man um because his leadership, like I said, his leadership needs to be on full display, man. Because um, the Clippers, man, they're lacking accountability from a, a culture standpoint. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like uh, hearing from Paul George that they're not too worried. I mean, I mean, I guess it's not about words. It's about action. So if they come out and prove it, those words mean nothing. But I don't know. The body language didn't look too good, but. No. Then they said Rondo's too has been Rick Carlo said Rondo's been calling out the Mavs play since he's been an ex-Mavs player. <laughs> I thought that and was they're still fun. busting their ass. Still busting their ass. That's, and that's crazy. Credited. Right now, the right now the Clippers are plus 245 to win the series. So lay a hundred win $245. Would you take that bet? You said why now to repeat that? I'm sorry. Plus 245, the Clippers are to win the series. Woo. So they're they're the right now i wouldn't basically a three to one underdog right now i wouldn't take that bet but i wouldn't be surprised you know if the clippers get back in this series because the Mavs are riding a high right now man they're they're, they only shot 36 percent from three during the regular season they're shooting 50 percent right now you know so they're 19th in the league during the regular season but they're I haven't checked the stats, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're first right now in threes in, in the playoffs percentage-wise. So, if but you, like you said though about the last segment is, but they're going home. Will their others still keep hot? You know, because typically you know the the others play well at home. So that's that's going to be the difference in the series, man. They're going to have to lock up Tim Hardaway Jr. Man, because because Luca ain't going nowhere. <laughs> They're gonna lock up Tim so, Hardaway in 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 the, in the three point percentage, man. They gotta guard that three line better. So, Sean, let me ask you this: What happens to the Clippers in the off season if they get swept in the first round by the Mavericks? <laughs> That's a tough question, man. It's all depends on what Kawhi Leonard wants to do. Does he want to stick it out? You know what I mean? Uh, knowing that, you know, they gave up the future for you and gave you your team that you wanted, or is he out of there? That's that's kind of the been the rumors, quiet rumors out there. But uh, I think that should still keep it intact and make still some just better uh, moves around the edges. But who knows, man? It just seems like the Clippers, man. I don't I don't want to make it seem like it's over already, but it just seemed like you know the Clippers just don't do well with adversity at all, man. No, they don't, and they did it in the bubble when they blew that three to one lead too. Right. That's what, like, really worries me about this team is, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Dallas shot 50% from three. From three, you said? 50%? Yep, yep. They shot 50% from three on the road. Right. And now they're going home. Where with with confidence. With, with confidence. confidence. And they've and been – Luka dominates against the Clippers. We said this when we did the um, playoff pick Right, right. Like, he already plays well against the Clippers, and now you're giving them a 2-0 lead going home. This could definitely be a sweep. I'm not saying it's going to be a sweep because right, the Clippers right. have that much talent, but yeah, if the, Yeah, if the Mavs avoid a letdown and if the Clippers don't bring the A-plus game, man, this, this could be a quick series, you know, because the Clippers, you know, 
they lost five straight playoffs games now dating back to last year. That's you know, crazy. So, yeah, and man. It's basically the same team, too. Right, right. I mean, it's a little difference, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty much – the core is pretty much there, yeah. And uh, they – and, you know, and they even addressed – you know, some of their weaknesses, you know, from last year opposed to Trez being a, a liability defense and they got Ibaka, you know, so, and Batum, so, and they're still, yeah, they're still struggling. So they're going to have to be, they're going to have to execute defensively, man, because that's, that's where the game is going to lie. And, and also they got us knocked down some shots too, because, you know, the Clippers were historically a, a, a great offense this year and they're not they're not you know matching that same impact you know so far this first two games so they're i mean Kawhi did have a great game last last game over right, 40 right. points and they that's the thing is he had like a career game and they still lost <laughs> right, right yeah man yeah, it's, that's it's, a bad look it's not looking good <laughs> so would you are you gonna say that the nugget who are you taking to win this series right now as of right now, I'm going with the Mavericks. I had the, the Clippers in six before the series, but as of right now, man, without any other further evidence of today, uh, I'm going with the Mavericks, man. All the signs are not looking good. I agree. All right, let's move on to this next series. We got the Portland Trailblazers against the Denver Nuggets. Right now, the series is tied one to one. They're currently playing right now. Denver is winning in the fourth quarter, 91 to 87. So it is getting closer. The Maverick or the Blazers seem to be getting a couple stops here and there. Uh, what's your thoughts on this series so far? Well, man, the Blazers got to get better defensively if they're going to able to win this series. They're giving up the third highest field goal percentage, 52%, you know, and, and they're giving the, the third highest field goal percentage not only for two, but from three. So um, only the Clippers have been uh, – the Clippers and the Wizards have been worse – uh, from a defense perspective when guarding the, the three and the two percentage wise. So, yeah, man, uh, they're going to have to get it together there quickly. Otherwise, it can get ugly. You know what I mean? Uh, they have to contain Joker better. They, they haven't, and they haven't so far this game either. But he's averaging uh, 36 points off 61% from two and 45% from three, man. And he's and, and he's doing it. He's doing a 60, 40, 90 so far. Yeah. So, man. <laughs> So he's backing up that MVP season, man. And uh, Nurkic, man, he has to step up, man, because uh, he's the he's the only resistance. I'm not saying he has to outplay Nurkic or Joker, but, you know, he has to put up a little better resistance, man. Uh, he's doing good on the boards, but he has to be more assertive and aggressive for his for his own, you know, scoring load. So does yeah. Norman. So does Norman Powell. You know, you you, you touched on Jay Crowder, man. Norman Powell, he's shooting a miserable fourteen percent from three so far, man. Yeah, he has been bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he has not been good, and Anthony Simons has outplayed him, dude. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, man. But they they have to make uh, uh, Joker work harder on defense, man. That was my main point of getting uh, on my Nurkic point, man. He has to. Yeah. You know, they have to try to get him either in some foul trouble or get him as tired as possible, get his feet mo moving, you know, whether it's via pick and roll or, you know, just somehow get him in that lateral movement, you know, play and play, play towards his weaknesses, you know, just don't, you know, let him off the hook because, you know, Portland likes to shoot a lot of threes. So, well, um, 
but yeah, man, uh, they might want to consider putting Covington on him more, maybe to 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 bother Joker's perimeter game and kind of crowd him once he gets into the lane. I don't, you know, I, I don't really know what they're gonna do with him, but they're gonna have to somehow just resist him a little bit, you know, because Cantor has been non-existent. Not that he's a defensive guy anyway, but even offensively, he's he's been non-existent. He, 11 and 11 average on the season and he's only averaging four and three in the postseason and not even in under 20 minutes so it's, can't even really find too much minutes for him but yep. starts man he has to get better man like i said before the in the playoff review uh uh last podcast man that Stotts is not only coaching the blazers but he's coaching for his pl- uh coaching career man and he has to get better and um putting in his uh, players in better positions to succeed on both ends, man, because it's, it's, it's not working right now. Well, I don't think their issue is offense. I mean, they're, they're getting it done offensively. It's a mm-hmm. matter of just getting some stops, but that's a, that's the problem that Joker presents. Cause like they, they put Nurkic on him and then Joker just takes him outside and they run their dribble handoffs and, you know, they get easy buckets from that. And right. then they put a smaller guy on Joker. He just backs him down. Right. So, or he, or he just put, goes on the block, posts him up, and gets the ball on the block. And then, right. I guess what I meant by double by, team him. I guess what I meant by stats is 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 when the offense is you know to get certain other players involved and 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 have them in better positions to shine. Of course, you know their offense is gonna do well for the most part, almost by default, just because of the guards are so talented and scoring and penetrating. But they they have to find ways to get the others in, involved and get them off to you know almost their their offense almost has to be their best defense against Joker. You know what I mean? I guess in that sense. But ultimately, yeah. Portland Portland has to get other others involved, man. Um, and and not only offensively, like defensively, they have to improve on resistance defense somehow, some way. You know, I'm I'm not saying they gotta come from being one of the worst to the best overnight, but they have to they have to take more pride on that end. But Denver can't new, string together stops at all. Right, right. And Denver, they, I, they just don't have the personnel. They haven't they haven't been the same since they uh, let go of uh, Aminu and Harkless and all that. Uh, yeah. Someone else on that team, I forget. But uh, Denver needs to guard the three better, though. Uh, they got to make better with uh, in-game adjustments. But, um, man, Joker's that good, man. He's he's kind of willing them to, to victory, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, they're, they just they got to dare Portland's – keep daring Portland's role players to beat them, especially if Stotts ain't mustering nothing up good for those guys, you know what I mean? He's kind of just letting Dame and Lillard so- solve it all, you know? <laughs> yeah but uh kinda. Denver 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 has to get better in the fourth quarter though man because that's that's kind of where they struggle and like you said uh Denver was kind of controlling this game but now it's getting close now it's tied up right now tied 90, up. 91 yeah um, and it was, and it was hella funny the other night in game two when uh Stotts went to Carmelo at the five <laughs> Right, <laughs> and then they then they went on the uh, Denver went on a thirteen zero run. Right, right, yep. Zach Collins is missed there too, man. Yeah, I think he. I think that's really the the guy they're really missing because he's like versatile defensively. Like he can move his feet pretty well for a big guy. I think he's like a good guy that could guard Jokic, but and he's tough, can't stay healthy. Tough, and he's tough, animated, long, rangy. But yeah, he, he just can't stay on the court, man. At all, dude. He's hurt 
I feel like that dude is always hurt, but that's what happens when you're a trailblazer, man. Dudes yeah, go man. there to be hurt. That's crazy. Crazy history. It's just like a curse on that franchise. Right, right. All right, let's move on to this next series, the Jazz versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Right now, the series is tied one-to-one. We had a little bit of drama in game one. Donovan Mitchell said that he was good to play, and then the Jazz told him no. Um, come back and just smack the Grizzlies game too, even though John Morant had a 47-point game, I think it was, or 44 points. What's your thoughts about this series so far? John Morant also had the the second most points through first two playoff games too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. If you count, if you just count the NBA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, George Mikan technically has the record. Yeah, he has the top. Points. Yeah, yeah, he has the top. I think I think Ja fell two points short of that. Yeah, right, right. But man, who would have thought, man? Both these teams with grit and, and defense would be giving up so much points, man. <laughs> yep. Grizzlies giving up the most points per game this postseason, man, and uh, they got to clean that up. Um, they also getting out rebounding, you know. They got to clean that up as well. Um, their their inexperience may end up uh, being their downfall here, but I love Jaw Jaw and uh, Brooks, man. They're they're playing very very well, man. The future's looking bright, especially when Justin Jackson uh, gets uh, better in better playing shape and gets over that injury more and more. Yep. Um, but uh, Memphis, their 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 bench needs to play better. We were just praising their bench last preview uh, of the, the preview playoffs. Um, as a unit, their defense just man, like I said, they have to get better. If I was a Jazz, I'd keep running that dive pick and roll with Gobert with the spread out shooters, man, because the Grizzlies can't stop it because they have to respect the 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 excuse me the penetration of Conley and Mitchell. Yep. As well as, like I said, as well as staying home on the shooter. So they just got to keep doing that until Memphis adjusts. Because, like I said, they're they're doing the worst defensively right now. So the Jazz, if it's broke, not don't fix it in that sense. Yep. Yeah, man, I'm I'm with you. I think that uh, you know, game one was it was a great story, but I said after game one, the Jazz are probably going to win the next four, <laughs> and <laughs> it might be how it is, especially with uh, Donovan Mitchell back. Um, you know, the Jazz just looked like a much more complete team in game one. They really just couldn't, um, they didn't have any one guy that could like go and get them the get them a bucket. And I think that was their biggest issue. I know that the pick and roll was working, but and you know, once Memphis went on roll runs in the first game, they, they just couldn't get a bucket to stop a run. And I think that was the biggest thing. And then they get Donovan Mitchell back, drops 25 points in 25 minutes. I mean, that's a game changer, dude, when you get that kind of production back. Right. Uh, so I just I think ultimately Utah just way too much. And like you said, Memphis is going to be a great team going forward. They're just their inexperience is going to kill them in this series. Right. And and they might get one game in Memphis. But like you said, I, 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 I could see Utah just winning out from here on out. But at, at, at worst, this is a six game series. But I think I think Utah is good enough to close it in, in five, especially if. Donovan Mitchell just keeps on getting better. Yep. All right, let's move on to this last uh, last series, which is uh, should have been one of the best series, but an injury kind of derailed that. We got the Lakers versus Suns. Right now, the Lakers are up two to one against the Suns. 
Like I mentioned before, Chris Paul had that bit, that shoulder injury in game one. Hasn't been the same. The Suns did steal that game. Great performance by Devin Booker, 37 points, seven assists. Phenomenal performance. But seems that the better team has now taken control of the series. And Andre Drummond has had a great couple games here, Sean. Right. Well, let me start off by saying without a healthy Chris Paul, man, the Suns are probably going to struggle. Uh, the, <laughs> last, <laughs> the last uh, few games here, man, especially particularly if the games are close going into the fourth, because that's his that's where his headiness and IQ, you know, can help a, a young inexperienced team like the Suns. But overall, man, AD just has to be more assertive and downhill like he's been playing the last couple games, man. And, and this game can be over quick, you know, our series, excuse me. You know, he has to up that scoring load, man, because. uh. Yeah, man, that's that's going to probably have to be that, and their defense are going to be their calling card, man, because LeBron, he's not looking too sharp, man. Uh, he's not looking the same, not as looking as aggressive. He's had his moments, you know, particularly late in games, but overall throughout the game, he's not been looking the same LeBron. So, yeah, they're going to have to get inside more, you know. Uh, AD's going to have to stop playing like a, a dude that's not 6'11 or 7 foot, you know. It's almost <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if AD goes out his way not to play to his strengths at times, you know, uh, starting with not wanting to have his own advantage by playing center, you know what I mean? But yep. at the end of the day, he's, he's stringing along some two good, two good games, including tonight, you know, so. I, that that's going to have to continue, I think, for the Lakers to have success this postseason. You know, he's going to have to continue to uh, get to the free throw line as well. I think that's key to his game and, and the Lakers' success, in my opinion, because it opens things up not only, only for his game, you know, but it, it widens the floor and it loosens up the defense for everyone, you know, especially especially when he's at the five. So, but, I do um, like that they went back to Marcus Gasol, too. I think that opens up a lot as well right, right. when he's on the floor because he can shoot the three and he's another great passer. Right, right. I agree. I agree there. And they're not overplaying him to the point where he's being a liability either. Yep. Kind of sneaking him in there, you know. Um, but Captain Obvious here, but the Lakers, others, man, they just got to knock down shots. You know, it's, it's, it's that simple. Can't be afraid to be hesitant to shoot, you know. Obviously without oversettling, but don't be your own executioner of self-confidence, you know. The uh, bubble, man. Right. <laughs> nah, you're right. You're right. That played no. well in the bubble. KCP shot like 50% in the bubble last year. Now he's not even shooting 10% from three. Right. <laughs> right. And another broken record theme is, you know, Kuzma. You know, he has to step up. You know, I'm 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 not even saying, you know, he has to be all world scorer, but he still has to step up and be more consistent, man. And 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 Schroeder as well, you know, his points per game is there, but it's it, it could just I don't know, man. His his IQ and in, in playmaking sometimes is just mind-boggling. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But um and he played behind Chris Paul last year. You think he would learn something? Yeah, man. I thought he was gonna a little be a little bit better in that department, but he's been struggling at times at um, you know, situational basketball. Yeah. But the Lakers got to limit easy opportunities, man. Aiton is feasting on that, and then they got to get better on that because that's not going to do well for them if they uh, get past this series, you know. But I will say this, overall, not excluding the Aiton, Aiton uh, point, for the most part, the Lakers are still 
playing pretty much good overall defense, though, you know. Oh, yeah, great defense. So that's going to, like I said, that's going to have to be their calling card this uh, postseason. They're going to have to be bully ball on on offense, you know, AD and Braun. You know, that's going to have to be their best offensive weapon because uh, they're going to have to play off that because nothing else is falling right now. They're tied for the lowest of points per game this postseason, at least going into this game. And second worst uh, three-point percentage-wise at 28%, only behind the the sorry uh, 23% the Wizards are shooting. <laughs> so they got to definitely step up uh, on that aspect of uh, in the game, you know. That's facts. They got to pass. Nice. They got to pass better too, man. They're not passing better or uh, passing with purpose, you know. Kind of some lazy passes here and there, and low percentage passes, you know. I'm definitely so. worried about the Lakers beyond this series. I'm not gonna lie. Like before, I thought for sure they were gonna make the finals, and if it wasn't them, it was gonna be the Clippers. And now I'm not sure either one of those teams are gonna make the finals. Right. I think the Mavericks that got actually got a good shot, man. Like. You yeah, know, if they're playing like this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, a Mavericks Bucks Finals. I mean, the NBA would be so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still early, man. Let's 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 see how it plays out. Uh, who knows? Like I said, well, we touched on earlier in this program, though. I I think I think the this this postseason man is going to be the winner of the Nets or whoever beats the Nets as as crown as champs. Yep. I agree, man. I couldn't say it any better. Wow. What a first week of the playoffs. I'm hoping that it just continues like this. Hopefully we get some we get some games into the six or sevens in this first round. If not, the second round is gonna be is gonna be great regardless. So we'll be back next week. We'll be definitely touching on uh, we'll be heading into the second round. We'll definitely have some second round series to talk about because it looks like the East is gonna have maybe a few sweeps here um so we will be back next week for sean green i'm jordan stacks on stacks on stacks lats we'll see y'all next week enjoy the hoops peace